The following podcast is brought to you by WRGW District Radio. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jonike. And this is Food for Talk, a podcast series that brings together people, stories, and food. Every episode, we feature guests with amazing stories and ask our guests to pick a meal that we can prepare and enjoy together. Whether it's about travel, childhood, love, or conflict, food is at the heart of all our stories. Today's episode, we're calling Food as Movers and Shakers. We really wanted to hone in on individuals in DC that embody resilience in their everyday lives. Food for many is a way to find strength when faced with adversity, and for some, an avenue to empower others. So right now, we're actually sitting in Immigrant Food, which is an up-and-coming, fast, casual eatery, and they serve way more than just food. Immigrant food celebrates the successes of past immigrants while working to positively impact the immigrants of today. Located just one block from the White House, immigrant food plays such an important part in the fight against intolerance in America. And so to tell us a bit more about immigrant food and the amazing work that they've been doing on behalf of all immigrants, we have with us today Taya Ivanovich and Mile Montezuma, the communications director and kitchen manager. So thank you both so much for coming on the show today. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you for inviting us. Thank you, thank you for having us. Awesome, great. Um, so to start off, we just want to describe what you guys have made for us today, this beautiful, amazingly delicious bowl. Um, so can you tell us about that and some of the other items that people can find on the menu here? Yeah, this one is a Colombia road. Uh, we want to mix two of the biggest uh, migrations in D.C. That is the Salvadorians and Ethiopians. So we mix the Loroco flowers, that is Salvadorian, and the Alhuaste uh, dressing that they use is with pepita seeds and sour cream. So it's like super typical there. And for the Ethiopian part, we use Ethiopian lentils and like a specific spice that is berbere, that is a Ethiopian spice that soup that they use a lot in. So well, where, where it's you guys, delicious. Like, yeah, it's so good. Where do you guys get these ingredients from? Because it seems like they're like very native to these different places. So where do you source them from? Where we buy it, or where we came the inspiration? Where do you buy? Yeah, like where do you buy them? For, for example, with the Laroca flowers, I think none of the the produce uh, companies they sell it. So I have to go to a Salvadorian supermarket oh, wow. to buy it every time that we we need it. So I buy a lot. They look at me like, why this lady is taking our Laroca? <laughs> so it's super funny when I go to buy it. They think that it's like in a really good price. And that yeah. is what I'm taking. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's but with the other spices, I think people is, is, is using a lot of uh, mixes of flavor now. So all the... It's readily yeah, yeah. yeah. This bowl is really exciting um, for me particularly because um, I think Chef Enrique Limardo, who's our, our chef and, and Mile, they created two these two largest migration groups. Um, and so when we were talking about the menu and all the different inspirations, and we said, okay, we need to make sure that we include the largest migrations in Washington D.C. And Enrique jokes that he had a lot of a lot more hair before he started this project, um, and he was you know he was pulling out his hair of how can he mix these two because the two the flavor profiles yeah, are so, so different, so different. Yeah. and um, so flavorless. So uh, yes, have too much flavor. Oh, so right. maybe it's going to. And the way it. they combine mm-hmm. these these ingredients is really unbelievable. So this is this bowl is very yeah. special to us. Yeah. I think all. Yeah. When I was looking at your menu, I was surprised because I read about your concept about how you do combine the flavors. And I was like, oh my goodness, like they're so opposite, like some of the things that you combine. So it's amazing how you actually get them to like almost like 
work together really really well right right so yeah. then when you guys come to eat here what do you guys order like what are some of your favorite like items on the menu. Okay, it's such a difficult question. I mean, you right. get that a lot, right? Because everyone is like, "Oh, what do you recommend?" and "What do you think is the is, is the best bowl?" And um, it's hard. It's hard to answer because every each bowl is so different. So yeah. each bowl is inspired by immigrants from different cultures, and um, so it really depends on what you like. Some of the bowls are extremely spicy, like the Mumbai Mariachi mm. bowl, which is uh, inspired by immigrants from Mexico and India. And the way the chef describes it, it's it's a Mexican who was uh, dropped in the middle of India and wanted to recreate his <sighs> cuisine with Indian spices and ingredients. And so that one is excellent. I think perhaps two of my favorites are the vegetarian bowls, the Beirut and Beyond, which is hummus, harissa hummus based, and uh, the Bay of Bengal, which is with kefir and kind of cassa roasted cassava and chickpeas. It's really delicious. Um, and then this one is also close to my heart. Yeah. Mine are my two favorites are the two vegetarian because the Beirut and Beyond the hummus is incredible. Really? So I really like the the flavor of the spiciness of the hummus, the sweetness of the dates and all the combination. Uh, the crunchy chickpeas. So you can have like all yeah in one bowl. <laughs> you can have like spicy, sweet, and like sour because has uh, preserved lemons. So it's all the flavors in in one bowl. So it's amazing. Sounds yeah. I feel like I have to come back so many different times. Yeah. <laughs> or I just gotta come back. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm really hungry one time right. to try all of them. <laughs> we all we, we joke about that we have 20 restaurants in one. And it's so funny when some people come in and they're like, they're, they work around here and they want to go through the entire menu. Yeah. But some people are like, I'm very OCD too. And so they want to go make sure that they go through the menu in a certain order. Really? So they go in the order that it's there and they're like, oh, and so wow, today I have to have this bowl because it's next on the menu. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. That's awesome. So, how did both of you um, essentially come to be involved with immigrant food? Like, what about this place made you want to join? So, um, my my background is in uh, PR and communications. Mm -hmm. So, I went to SICE for grad school and then uh, worked for a think tank for a while. Uh, first, as sort of an analyst and fellow, and then by accident, really got into the role of the PR person there. And after that, I moved to an, um, a PR agency that specializes in financial public relations. Um, and so I met Peter Schechter, who's really the intellectual author of this project. Um, we met at an alumni event. He also went to SICE, oh, um, not at the same time. but um, And so we met, and he told me about this project, and I sort of fell in love for, for two reasons, really. One is, from a professional standpoint, this was very exciting to be part of a startup, and the concept is so very different um, than anything I'd ever heard before. Mm -hmm. And trying to make that idea into a reality was you know, was challenging and super exciting for me. And then from a personal standpoint, I, um, I'm an immigrant myself, so I, call, I like to call myself an immigrant squared because I was born in Belgium and my family is from the former Yugoslavia. I moved to the U.S. when I was 16, so I've all, all I've ever known is to be an immigrant. And so I've, this is sort of near and dear to my heart um, and fell in love with the concept, and, and that's why, really why I joined. That's amazing. And Mila, what about you? Uh, I get here because uh, I work with Chef Enrique, that mm -hmm. is the executive chef here in Baltimore for three years. And then I moved here to work in Seven Reasons, that is the other restaurant that he has. Yes, of course. So <laughs> I started there and then the, he told me about this project and all, obviously I was like super excited because I, I am an immigrant too. I get in this in the United States like four years, mm -hmm. I have seen 2016. Okay. 
So yeah, they include me in the project, and we was talking about all the plates and all the meetings, all the weekends, all the weeks. So was super excited for me. And uh, you said you're from Venezuela, right? Originally. Yeah, I'm okay, from okay. Venezuela. And Taylor, yeah. you're from Belgium, right? I was born in Belgium. Yes. Okay, okay. Have you either of you gone back since? Visit like, what's your family doing? Are they are they still there or? I came not back yet because my process. So, but my family is mostly in every part of the work oh, now wow, because okay. yeah, I have family in Canada, in Republican Dominica, and uh, Ecuador. Yeah, <laughs> Ecuador in a lot of parts of work. So. Awesome, awesome. Um, and yeah, I go, I, bo I go back every year. Oh, okay. um, my family is sort of also spread out um, throughout Europe. I, I also grew up in Switzerland and Greece and Turkey because of my father's job, and so we moved around very much. Um, and my parents come here and visit me, and I go visit them. So yeah. Okay. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and Mila, did you know that you always wanted to end up as a chef? Like, how did this come about? Because I super close to my dad. So, and he loved to cook. And I was like always with him, like doing something in the kitchen. And I was like super passionate about the food. So, but and then I was like, I have to study like a, a real career. And I started to study business administration in Venezuela. But then I was like not happy about it. I was like, I really need to do something different. And mm -hmm. I started to do, uh, start in the culinary school. And when I was finished, they offered me an internship in Baltimore, in the restaurant where I work, in Alma Cocina Latina is the name. Enrique was the chef there, so I get there like an intern. And when I finish my internship, they offered me a job. And I worked there three years, and then this story, I came to here, <laughs> Seven Reasons, and now I'm here. Okay, so you were at Seven Reasons before immigrants? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I worked there since the beginning, okay, since okay. the opening. Oh, very cool, mm -hmm. very cool. Um, so then how has working at Immigrant been different than, say, the other places you've worked at? The thing is where I worked before, that in Alma, all, almost we have, we have was Venezuelans or Mexicans, all we was immigrants. So we was like all super close to each other. We was like always treated like a family. Aww. The same in seven reasons, we are like a little family. <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah. in a sense, it's been very similar, like yeah. the environment that you've always yeah. been working yeah, in. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's, that's, that's really very cool. good. Yeah. yeah. And Taya, so you like alluded a bit to your background in PR. Um, so you're in the restaurant industry now. Did you ever like see yourself in the restaurant industry at any point? Was this kind of an opportunity that came out of nowhere that really surprised you? Right. So I'm I'm definitely not a cook. Um, <laughs> and, you are. You are. Yeah. Tell, tell us about our picture. We. Um, Emilis is joking with me, is teasing me because yesterday we we made um, a burek. Burek is a cheese pie from the Balkans or oh, from neat. the Middle East originally, cool. and we started serving breakfast at Immigrant Food. So we wanted to create, you know, as many immigrant recipes, immigrant-inspired recipes, and I came up with the idea of like trying to serve burek. And yesterday, Milan Genesis, who's, um, who's also part of our team, we created sort of the burek and we made it together. Um, but I'm she definitely- She was the teacher. I, that's a very big overstatement. Um, <laughs> but to answer your question, um, I know I never, I never thought I would be in the restaurant industry. It's, um, it's sort of not aligned with my background in a way. I mean, I, I didn't grow up cooking or anything like that, but in a way, immigrant food is is much more than a restaurant. It, it is a fast casual, but as we like to say, it's a cause casual because we really embrace the cause of immigrants and immigration within our business model. And that's what's you know really exciting is to um, to wear our values on our sleeve. And I think that's that's what 
businesses should do, and um, that's what I believe in. Yeah, awesome. So you didn't really see yourself in the restaurant industry, but in terms of you know, working for the immigrant cause, did you always see yourself maybe working in some sense with that? Or is that also something that you didn't really picture for yourself? Well, so for me, I when I came to this country, I I never felt like being an immigrant is sort of a bad thing, and it's I feel like in recent years it's it's sort of become almost embarrassing. It's become a bad word of saying you know immigrant. It's it's embarrassing to be an immigrant, and I don't feel that way. I think this country, not I think this country was founded on by immigrants, and immigrants have made this country to what it is, and. Um, I am very proud to call myself an immigrant, and I think we all should, whether we're first generation or fifth generation or tenth gen generation immigrants, we're all, we've all come from somewhere, and it's something to be proud of. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, I know even myself, it's really funny that you say that, because I definitely feel like I am an immigrant myself, so my family moved from Egypt, and so the idea that like you can be proudly say that you're an immigrant, and I feel like in other countries, other contexts, that's maybe not the case, that you can be so open about that, exactly. and that being part of your identity, so I definitely feel like that that's like a huge part of who I am. Exactly. And it's and awesome I, to like live that out, right, in reality. Right. I completely agree. I mean, I think America is sort of the only country that I know of where... Um, was founded by immigrants and where it's, it's, it is a good thing to be an immigrant because yeah. in other parts of the world, you know, your nationality is lined with your religion or, you know, you have to, you're looked differently if you have a different sounding name or you look differently. But in America, it's always been the case that no matter where you're from, it matters what you believe in and you believe in the American ideal and that's what makes you an American. Absolutely. How about you, Mila? So, like, what's it like for you getting to meld that passion of, you know, cooking and being a chef? Um, but also, you know, working for the immigrant cause. What does that mean to you? And did you, again, did you kind of see yourself always at any point in your life working towards the immigrant cause or working on behalf of immigrants? The truth is not. I, n I never think that I'm going to be, like, uh, working for, like, an immigration. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I was super excited about uh, show the people the mixes of the cultures. That that uh, is, like, united every everybody, like, our, uh, Our tagline is yeah, United, tagline, at, the United table. at the Table. Yeah. That everybody that was yeah, <laughs> yeah, doesn't care where you're from. The thing is that all the, all the cultures are mixing, uh, mixing at, the, at the end. So I think that is super important that all of that we can be like united. Yeah, going off of that, so we know that you guys definitely really emphasize connecting the community with, with your cause. Mm -hmm. um, so can you tell us a bit more about the organizations in DC you've partnered with. So like what exactly do you do with them? Um, and like how have you partnered with them to make like what your goal and your mission really happen? The idea of immigrant food is really to celebrate the past, so to celebrate the contributions of immigrants to this country. And we do that in fun ways. Like for example, when you walk in, there's a big world map that's sort of backlit and wood carved. And it looks very cool. And there's a photo booth there. And so you can take a selfie, point to your heritage, and um, the selfie will, when you take the picture, it'll say, we're all immigrants. And you can text it to yourself and upload it to social media. And um, every, you know, we have a micro gallery that cur was curated for us by a Colombian photographer who created all these beautiful large pictures of immigrants interacting with food. Um, and so the place is very celebratory of, of that immigrant past. Um, but we also wanted to create a place that helps immigrants today. So we partnered, like you said, with five uh, local NGOs, service NGOs that work with immigrants. Um, and we, we sort of, we help them in two ways. 
One is, as a customer, when you come in, um, you can order your bowl or your fusion milk, and um, you can donate a dollar to one of the partners or donate to all of them, and then we'll split it evenly um, among the five. You can sign up to volunteer right here in the restaurant. We have QR codes all over. You can just hover your phone, and it'll take you to a page where you can directly sign up to volunteer awesome. with them. Um, you can sign petitions or letters to Congress people or whatever else they have going on. We'll feature prominently inside the restaurant on our digital menu. And the second way is that we wanted to also give give them something and give back. And a lot of businesses, you know, take part of their profits and donate it to a cause, and that's really wonderful. But we really wanted to integrate the cause into our business model. And the way we do that is we give them our space. Actually, where we're sitting right now is the upstairs space of Immigrant Food, where our NGOs can let us know when they have workshops or English classes or board meetings or whatever kind of meetings they have. Or um, they can use this space for free, free of charge. They can use Amazing. it. They just let us know. Um, because, you know, these NGOs, they do wonderful work. And one, of course, they're in need of donations, but they're also in need of volunteers, and they're very much in need of space. So these day, this day and age when they have a lot of work to do, they, they really, they've transformed their kitchens to office space, and they're really bursting, um, bursting at the seams. So we wanted to be able to contribute in that way. That's so, 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 so awesome. So a lot of, or I've read a lot that says, you know, immigrant food is kind of working at the intersection of food and advocacy and I've even seen some people term it gastro advocacy. Which is so new to me. I, yeah, love, yeah. I love that idea. I love but that. that's yeah. so, <laughs> so cool. Um, so you kind of like touched on that in just in your explanation right now but can you maybe explain like what role food plays in that and like why you think food is so important in, in playing a role in advocacy especially when it comes to like the immigrant cause. And it really, the way Mila also described it, it, goes back to our tagline, which is united at the table. Um, and we believe that, you know, food is something that unites us all. I mean, we all, we all have to eat lunch, right, at some point. And food is a, is a great way to connect with people that might otherwise not know about, you know, about your background or about your, your point of view. And um, the food and the table really is a place where you can um, connect with our people and share your opinions and have discussions and in sort of a, in sort of a hopefully positive way. Um, and that's really what we're trying to do here is we're, we're a place where you know, people can learn about immigration as well. So we have a think, we call it the think table. So every month we publish a micro digital think tank. Um, and it's a, it's a digital magazine sort of um, where, like, so I used to work at a think tank before and I know that people don't read 4,000 word wonky papers before they go to bed. I always wonder um, that. Yeah. I, I genuinely, like I, I do this work, but I genuinely wonder like how Who many reads it? are you reading every bird? Like what's really happening <laughs> here? Are right. we all pretending we're reading these reports? Right. <laughs> and so, you know, think tanks do wonderful work, but Amazing, they're yeah. aimed at academics and experts and not at the general public. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to create something, Peter and I, we're both at think tanks. We wanted to create something where all of us can can learn something that's not in our daily lives. And so the think table tries to do that. We try to slice and dice, to use sort of culinary terms, uh, the immigration issue into like easily digestible um, content. And so every month we focus on a different issue. So for example, we open on November 12th, and actually November 12th was the big Supreme Court hearing on Dreamers. So our first issue was all about dreamers. So we speak with experts who are experts on immigration and who help us dissect this big complex issue into like a 60 second video on what is what are dreamers and why are they important. Um, this month was Human Trafficking Awareness Month, which is something that affects 
all, a lot of people all around us. And you often think of sex trafficking, but it's actually a huge part is labor trafficking. Labor trafficking exactly. And so that's something that you know we wanted to bring closer to people. And so we publish this on social media. It's on our website, obviously, but we, we uh, send it out through social media, infographics and short videos. When you scroll at night, when you don't read those 4,000 word <laughs> wonky papers, you scroll through Instagram and you can, you see, can see that, that. content. That's great. It's making it way more, uh, I guess, like you said, like easy to digest for everyday people. Um, so going off that, actually, would you say that your work and advocacy in these reports that you're putting out, or not reports, let's not say reports, <laughs> um, in this uh, micro-digital think tank that you're putting out is more for um, immigrants themselves or more for everyone else to kind of almost learn to develop that tolerance if they don't already have it for immigrants? Or acceptance, rather. It's really for for all of us. I mean, it's um, it it's for our customers who come in. It's for people like you and I who you know may not. Now I'm in sort of the immigration space, but I didn't used to be. And so um, you know, I consider all of us highly educated people. You know, went to college or graduate school, and so you know we have we're young professionals, but we're not in the immigration space, and so we don't follow what's going on on a day to day basis. Um, and there's a lot going on, and so we wanted to sort of make that easily accessible to people. Of, you know, funding has been taken away from from you know immigrants and victims of of labor trafficking. Thirty two million dollars was taken away from them just from one day to the next. I mean, these are issues that you don't hear about because they don't make the headline news, but they're important things that you might be interested in. Um, if you sort of had a way of really getting that information without having to read a, a long report. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of lots happening in the immigration space within the last few years, let's talk about where you guys are located. So, I was just about to bring that up. For, yeah, so for people who don't know, we're located right now, or Immigrant Food, rather, is located at 1701 Pennsylvania um, Ave, which is just a block over from 1600 Pennsylvania Ave. And so, you know, for a group of people who's kind of looking to you know, shake up the, the space, the immigration space, and, you know, change up the, the D.C. food uh, scene, it seems like it's a very ideal location was this intentional like we've always wondered space? that like yeah. <laughs> that's very cute um so we wanted to have a place that's that's close to the white house that's downtown because yeah. that's really a great platform to get if you have a message this is the place this is to a place do to do it, it. um and so we were really lucky we really say this was really serendipity that we were this close that's that wasn't our intention i mean we put two bids on places that are close by but around here a few blocks away and they fell through and so the day that our second place fell through at the very end our um, our real estate agent called us up and he said, "You won't believe it, but I got the perfect place for you." Oh, oh my goodness! goodness. <laughs> and you know, we were sort of devastated. Of oh my gosh, the second place fell through. Is this going to happen? How are we going to do this? And then this this came about. So we like to say this was serendipitous. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I mean, it's like really I, good that they fell through. <laughs> yeah, like the ideal space to be, like literally a block from the White House. So I can't picture a better setting whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and you guys have been gaining a lot of publicity too, which I. I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder if anyone in the White House knows that this is here. Um, but yeah, you've been in like CNN, Washingtonian, what else? Like, yeah, the Washington Post. Forbes, Forbes. Forbes. you've seen you guys yeah. everywhere. That's yeah. incredible. Um, so how do you think that all this publicity has almost helped advance your mission? It's a great question. I mean, I think that there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of interest because this is different. It's a, it's a different concept. I mean, I've never heard of, of a place like this anywhere in, in the city or anywhere either. around. And um, that's what we wanted to create somewhere where, because we believe that millennials, you know, they, they want to align their 
their pockets where their values are. And I think we've seen that in a lot of different cases with big businesses like Nike with Colin Kaepernick or Patagonia with climate change. You see a lot of big businesses do this. And we believe that small businesses should do the same. You know, we think that if you're a business, you have a voice and you should wear your values proudly on your sleeve. And that's really what we're trying to do. So then looking into the future, so you guys just opened November 12th, so maybe it's a little too soon, but it seems like you guys have been doing so well, so maybe it's not. Um, <laughs> but where do you guys see yourself in the future and how do you see your role within the community, the immigrant community in DC and maybe even beyond? Like, how do you see that expanding? So we are hoping, you know, once we get our sea legs operationally and kind of get, you know, settled, like you said, it's, it's brand new. I mean, yeah. we've been open a little over two months because we're closed on weekends. So we work Monday oh, really? to Friday. Okay. So it's been a little over two months now and um, we hope to to be able to expand I mean first we'll be looking to different locations in DC mm -hmm. and then you know hopefully knock on wood um, other, other cities as well and so the concept the reason why I mentioned when we we're talking about NGOs that we partner with local NGOs that was very important to us because we hope that you know if we're able to expand to different cities we'll be able to work with local NGOs in the cities that we're in um, so you would ideally have like a network of all different NGOs in various cities. Yeah, yeah that'd be very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So then, Mila, turning to you, what about in terms of the menu? Do we see any changes yes. or expansions? Can we get some sneak peeks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think that will be a change in life soon because these this, uh, plates are amazing. Yeah, all they are. And, and the different mixings, is, is, I think it's hard to, to recreate that. And even Chef made like a super huge page that, that how do you call it? The, the spider. spider. <laughs> the spider. He made like uh, like the different ingredients of each country and they like do like a like lines. Uh, like, like connecting them all. Yeah, connecting them no all. No way, I can like, like see like, it in my yeah, head right now. Yeah, he <laughs> said that he have in her, in his head. <laughs> That's awesome. When he do the menu. <laughs> That's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but we'll definitely be, uh, I think both Mila and Enrique are very creative, and so they're always thinking of different yeah, ways sure that they can... Yeah, I'm sure a lot of works in progress. Create. He's yeah. not telling us right now, but... No, I'm very excited to see what's, uh, what's to come. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being with us today and for this amazing bowl. Uh, I will definitely be back for more. Um, and before we go, we like to ask our guests a final question. So basically, what is your favorite place to eat in D.C.? But when I say that, it's I'm saying it as in picture that you have a friend coming to D.C., but they're only going to be in the area for a couple of hours, and where are you going to take them? I don't know. It's hard. I don't have, like, a lot of time here, but I, the place that I always go are almost the same. <laughs> seven Reasons. <laughs> seven yeah, Reasons. I heard very good things about Seven Reasons, so <laughs> I do want to try that out. Yeah, it's, um, it's a tough question because yeah. I feel like I haven't been out since yeah, I started neither. here. Okay, so. you've been here longer, so you don't have as many um, excuses as me, like, right. I feel like. Yeah. No, but since I started in June, and I really, I don't remember the last time I've been out with oh friends. Oh, my goodness. And really? so I, I like going to, like, Barcelona, for example, to get some wine. I still haven't gone there. I need to go. Oh, you have to go. It's okay. great for it to get just, like, a drink and some cheese or yeah. patatas bravas are great there. And um, so I like doing that. Okay, Barcelona. Yeah, Amazing. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, and just for our listeners who want to come and, you know, try one of these super, super good bowls, you can find Immigrant Food, again, at 1701 Pennsylvania Ave, just a block from the White House. And make sure to follow them on social media um, and on Instagram, specifically, at Immigrant Food, um, to keep up with all the amazing advocacy and, of course, food that you guys are coming out with. Um, so we just want to extend one more thanks for uh, being on the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having thank us. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. This is Jess, Jillian, Olivia, and Emily. We're the producers of WRGW Podcast. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check out more or submit an idea at gwradio.com slash podcast.